When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whoever they land on those three quarterbacks is going to be a terrific player for them going forward. The Caleb Williams Show. The crown jewel of this class is special. Drake May has all the goods to be a 10-year starter. Daniel said, we're going to make you pay. He always has an answer whenever there's a problem. Drake May, Jaden Daniels, those three quarterbacks and the order that they go in April's draft is going to usher in a whole new era of young signal callers in the NFL. Welcome to NFL Live. Jeremy Fowler is here. Lots of news coming from you, even on quarterbacks. That's coming in just a little bit. You got Herm Edwards, Tim Hasselbeck, Matt Miller here. We're going to get into some draft conversation as we look toward the combine next week. And the quarterbacks are reporting to the combine in Indy in a week. We've seen these guys on the field, right? They are elite. Honestly, I can't wait to see him at the Combine, though. If you're just starting to turn your attention to these prospects, get excited. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, J.J. McCarthy, the list goes on and on. They're going to be fun to follow in this lead-up to the draft. So let's take a look at Matt Miller's top five quarterback prospects for this year's draft. The 2022 Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams leads the way. He's followed by last season's Heisman winner LSU's Jaden Daniels and Drake May, who led the FBS with nearly 350 total yards per game over the last two seasons, rounds out the top three. You can see the others there, Bo Nix at five and J.J. McCarthy at four. But Matt, give us some pro comps for these guys. Let's start with Williams. Lawrence, the best time of year is pro comp season. When I watch Caleb Williams, I see a young Aaron Rodgers, not 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers, but a young Rodgers. It's the ability to move around in the pocket to create passing windows, the arm strength that he has to hit every level of the field. The creativity is special. He can play on schedule. He can play off schedule. Moving around the pocket is what makes him so, so good and should be the number one pick in this year's draft if the Chicago Bears hold on to that spot. He is truly a generational talent at the quarterback spot. Going on to Jaden Daniels, and I can't wait to hear what Herm has to say about Jaden. He is a special talent as a runner, as a thrower, the most improved player in college football this past year, and I comped him to Lamar Jackson. The running ability is special, over 1,200 yards rushing in the SEC, 10 touchdowns. But oh, by the way, he also threw 40 touchdowns, 22 touchdowns, zero interceptions when throwing the deep ball. He is truly special. We can go back to his Arizona State film, watch him throw the deep ball to Brandon Ayuk. I knew how special it was, but he got better as a pocket passer. He got more patient, and we saw him really explode this year into a spot where in most draft classes without a Caleb Williams, he would be the surefire number one pick. So Jaden is a special player who's going to impact the NFL immediately. And then Drake May, who we've heard about for two years now, how special he was going to be. He lived up to that promise and that praise. I see Justin Herbert. The arm strength is amazing. The size at six foot four, 230 pounds. Watching him next to Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, we're going to look at him and say, wait a second, this guy is an NFL quarterback, a lot like C.J. Stroud was last year at the Combine. He's going to put on a great throwing workout. The mobility is excellent. The arm strength to every level of the field is exactly what we want. I don't know that teams can go wrong with any of these three quarterbacks. They're all very special, all highly graded players who, again, in most years, we're talking about these guys being QB1s, 
this year just happens to be a really, really deep quarterback class. Yeah, uh, Matt, your smile says it all. I have the same smile. I'm excited to see what these guys end up doing, too. And you heard Herm. Matt was talking about he can't wait to hear what you would have to say about Jaden Daniels. It's because you coached him at Arizona <laughs> State before he transferred to LSU. How do you differentiate his game from Drake Mays? Well, I would say this because I know him personally. Um, the moment is never too big for Jaden uh, Daniels. Uh, the bigger the moment, uh, you can anticipate he's going to find a way to make a play, uh, either with his arm, because he has tremendous arm talent, as Matt mentioned, his ability to move. But he's, a, he's quite the runner, uh, and, and you can fall asleep on him. I mean, you know, he can run and cover yards. Um, he has a lot of poise uh, in the pocket. Uh, he's matured some since I've had him. But at the end of the day, I mean, if I'm picking quarterbacks, I'm taking him. I'm going to take him because I know what he, what he can do for your football team. And he's quite the talent. I mean, he's a talented young man. I mean, he, he can make all the throws. And what he doesn't do, he doesn't turn the ball over. And that's critical at any level. You want a quarterback that protects the ball. He's aggressive with the ball, but he doesn't turn it over. He does not turn the ball over. That's a good connection. That guy plays for San Francisco. I youth that fellow. That was a pretty good connection watching that. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to figure out why you're sitting here with us when you had those guys. So, look, hey, in all seriousness, I think when, you know, and Matt alluded to this, look, there are really good players and really talented physically players at the top of this draft. I think that it's fair to say that Caleb Williams is, you know, kind of calm and then also ability to create is uncommon. Um, you know, Herm and what he said about um, – Jaden Daniels is, is evident, and there's times when he said, like, don't fall asleep on him as a player. Like, you can see him, because of that big, long stride, like, taking away angles that defenders have on him when he's taken off and run. He's a specially talented kid. That being said, I think when the evaluation process goes and people look at Drake May, I think it's nearly impossible to find the flaw in Drake May. And, look, all of these guys have had moments where you'll say, like, Hey, why did you throw it there? But I think when you look at the size, athleticism combination, and Matt compared him to Justin Herbert, which kind of puts you in that rarefied air of Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes in terms of size, athleticism, arm strength. That's where he is going to fit in. And then beyond that, I, I think that the competitive nature that he has, the uh, his ability probably to have a lot put on him at the next level to control the game in a different way than you could in college. I think that's why he really projects, in my estimation, to be the best out of this group. Yeah, Tim, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think what's interesting is how closely grouped these guys are, not just in my rankings, but when you talk to NFL teams, Caleb Williams is, is kind of by himself, but then Jaden Daniels and Drake May are right there, neck and neck, and their teams are going to have Drake ahead of Jaden, and there's, it's going to be vice versa, and next week at the NFL scouting combine is going to help separate those guys. Let's go back a year in time. No one really said, oh, C.J. Stroud's going to be the number two quarterback. It was, hey, what about Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? And then the combine workout really is where C.J. started to pull ahead and became the number two overall pick in the draft. So I expect we could see similar movement next week. Uh, with, with Drake May, though, 
Uh, this is a big opportunity. We haven't seen him play as much football, just a two-year starter. So it is a huge opportunity on a, a big platform for him to prove himself. Yeah, the different skill sets, too, factor in here, as you guys know well. It's about team need. Who's going to go up and get these guys? And let's continue that conversation. We'll get Jeremy Fowler back in here. We know there is a need at the quarterback position for each of the top three teams in the draft, but should we have our eye on any other teams trying to move up and get one of these guys, Jeremy? Laura, let's start with the Raiders. So Jane Daniels is firmly on their radar because of Antonio Pierce. Just like Herm Edwards, he has a connection from their Arizona State days. Now, sitting at 13, trying to jump up all the way to number three would be really tough, but it's at least something that they've talked about, and they would love to have Jane Daniels if they can sort of swing it. Minnesota sitting at 11 if they can't get a Kirk Cousins deal done. Will they finally take their swing with this new regime? Mm. People around the league have at least been wondering if they want to take that shot, maybe move up. Then you got the Giants at six. You have Atlanta at eight. That could be a little more plausible since they're closer to that top three. Yeah, I just got to believe somebody's going up to get one of these guys. It just feels like that type of okay. year, even though those top three, as we said, have a need for quarterback. You, you mentioned Cousins. Let's stay on quarterbacks for a minute. Look for some yeah. guys who could be available, starting with free agent Kirk Cousins. He's coming off that Achilles injury. Yeah, well, Laura, Kirk Cousins, his representatives will meet, expected to meet with the Minnesota Vikings at the NFL Combine somewhere in a hotel lobby or a hallway. They'll try to hash <laughs> out what they can work out. A sticking point certainly could be guaranteed money. The new regime has been kind of hoping low-key to get away from making those big guarantees. Well, Cousins, as one person with the team told me, he's like the Tom Brady of negotiators, yeah. always gets his full guarantees. So that could be a sticking point. You see Derek Carr there. So he got some cap relief, gave some relief to the Saints. They restructured his deal, reworked his $30 million salary. So they are now earning an extra $23 million in salary cap space. It also virtually locks Carr in for 2024 and 2025 because they're moving some money down the road. So he appears to be the guy for a while. Let's see how it goes. And then you got Russell Wilson. So really, virtually everybody I've talked to around the league expects the Denver Broncos to rip this Band-Aid off over the next week or two and eventually release Russell Wilson. I know the Broncos are looking at all their options. They haven't made any sort of firm determination yet, but there's only so much they can do. This contract's ironclad. He's got the $39 million guaranteed this year. More money locks in for 2025 if they don't do something by March 17th. And so... Teams I talk to expect Russell Wilson to become a free agent and sign somewhere for the league minimum. Denver would be on the hook for the rest of the money. It's wild to think about him maybe even being a backup somewhere, although there are some quarterback needy teams. He may not yeah. have to be a backup. He could make Atlanta better. We'll see what happens. We're just getting started on NFL Live. Greg Roman is looking to get this Chargers run game back on track. Tim is going to tell you why this tried and true scheme has more to do with Harbaugh, actually, than Roman. That's coming your way. Plus, Buffalo in a cap crunch with several free agents to deal with this offseason. What position should they prioritize heading into the draft? Matt Miller has all those answers next. NFL Live carries on after the break. We'll be right back. I don't know what it means. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. In 1920, halfback Fritz Pollard led the Akron Pros to a championship in the newly formed National Football League. The next season, he accepted the role of player coach, becoming the first black head coach in NFL history. Today, his impact is felt through the Fritz Pollard Alliance, an organization advocating for diversity in coaching and front office positions. Our next ESPN Plus UFC Fight Night comes your way tomorrow in Mexico City. Highlighted by the flyweight main event, the prelims start at 7 Eastern, followed by the main card at 10. New on NFL Live, let's get to some news here about Xavier Howard. What's the latest, Jeremy Feller? Yeah, Laura, a Pro Bowl quarterback is now on the market. The Miami Dolphins, I've confirmed, are releasing Xavier Howard. Oh. He is expected to be a post-June 1 release, which saves him more cap space. He had a cap hit of nearly $26 million, mm. so that's off the books. That helps Miami, but that also helps Howard go get a new job, and he will have a market only 30 years old. He's been a top-ten cornerback for a while now. Yeah, speaking of that, our Texans reporter just tweeted this out. He said, from people I trust, Xavier Howard has interest in joining the Texans. He's from Houston. So, um, from the Texan side, it's TBD, he says. But either way, something to watch there. We know those ties. Xavier Howard potentially making that Texans defense a lot better if that happens. Let's get to the Chargers. They're coming off a disappointing season, no doubt about it, in which they finished last in the AFC West. It culminated with Justin Herbert breaking his finger, missing the last four games. And as a result, the Chargers fired Brandon Staley and eventually replaced him with Jim Harbaugh, who returns to the NFL after nine seasons at Michigan and a national title this past season. Harbaugh hired Greg Roman as his offensive coordinator, reuniting him after they spent four seasons together with the 49ers. Now, speaking of Roman, he has big plans for the offense, saying, quote, can you imagine Justin Herbert with a great running game? We don't know, but I can't imagine what it might look like. So that's kind of the vision. I think in this league, you can really, really help di dictate the defense if you have a strong running back. If you really talk to most defensive coordinators in this league and got him off to the side when they're playing a really good running team. They're sweating a little bit. They're sleeping a little less that week. We know Greg Roman is known for his run game, and that could be good news for Justin Herbert, who hasn't gotten much help from the running game in his career so far. In Herbert's four seasons with the Chargers, they've run the ball at the third lowest rate in the NFL, and they've tried to run the ball when they haven't done it well averaging fewer than four yards per carry. So, Tim, it kind of gets me excited for Justin Herbert, honestly, but do you see the run game improving under Roman and Harbaugh? I do, and I think it's not going to be just something they're talking about. I think it's going to be their calling card. If you look at Jim Harbaugh as a head coach, look at his last three stops, what they wanted to do was run the football. Mm -hmm. Like when he was at Stanford, yeah, he had Andrew Luck, but their offense really revolved around Toby Gerhardt in the yeah. run game. Like, that's what it looked like there. And then, obviously, with the 49ers, they were a team that ran the football and then even kind of expanded their run game once Colin Kaepernick became the starting quarterback and they had more quarterback run stuff involved in it. And then, obviously, at Michigan, in part because of who you could recruit there, but, look, that, that was a throwback offense mm. much of the time. I think that's just who he wants to be, probably how he was raised. It's a little bit what his brother does uh, in Baltimore. And so 
I think it's going to be a huge part of what they do offensively. Yeah, I, I think Tim makes a great point. Uh, if you know Coach Harbaugh, um, get two chin straps when you come to practice because it's going to be <laughs> nine on seven for a long period of time uh, with this football team. He, he is going to run the football. There is no doubt about it. That's his lifeblood. That's what he believes in. He believes in physical football. And how do you do that? You got to run the football. That makes your defense better against the run as well. So he's going to have a system that's going to allow these guys to hammer the football and use the quarterback some. Tim said it. Colin Kaepernick. When Colin Kaepernick was running the ball back in San Francisco, everybody was saying, you can't run the quarterback like that. That's against the rules. You'll get him hurt. Mm -hmm. He didn't care. He's mm -hmm. going to run the quarterback, too. <laughs> He's going to find a way to control the line of scrimmage. That's what he wants to do. He's going to have a physical football team. So get ready if you play the Chargers. No doubt, Herm. And if Greg Roman wants a good running back in free agency, he's got a plethora of guys he can yeah. look into. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, even Gus Edwards, who we had in Baltimore, would be available. So the feeling is the Chargers running game will want somebody with power and speed. They haven't really had that combination of both. Barkley would make sense if they're willing to pay probably $10 million or more per year. What's funny is Roman's old team, the Baltimore Ravens, they've been looking at running backs too, and they right. can go get a high-end guy potentially. So it's going to be a bit of an arms race there. Yeah, all I can think about is uh, that Rose Bowl game where I was on the sideline and just Blake Corum barreling through Alabama's defense, doing that so well, a big reason why they were able to win that game. By the way, the Chargers do have some work to do. They're currently $47.5 million over the salary cap. Let's get draft insider Matt Miller in here, though. If L.A. does want to target a running back in April's draft, give us some impact players that should be around in the middle rounds. Yeah, Lord, this is the year to draft a running back in the middle rounds. That's where the best value is at. Looking specifically at the third round because they have some needs to address. Wide receiver, the offensive line, maybe the cornerback position. But in the third round, there's a name there that Jim Harbaugh knows, Blake Corum, who you saw run all over the place in the Rose Bowl. But also, these are power runners. Audrick Estime coming out of Notre Dame, a downhill one-cup power runner. Braylon Allen, who really didn't fit what Wisconsin did this past year offensively. Go back to 2022. He's 240 pounds just running over people at six foot two with rumored 4-4 speed. So Braylon Allen is someone that could be that workhorse running back. Trey Benson of Florida State, another 220-pound-plus guy who's a great receiver out of the backfield. So if they want to go to that old-school power downhill run scheme, which I, I think is what they'll want to do, this is definitely the draft to grab one of those players in the third or fourth round who could come in and be a, a workhorse player in this offense. Yeah, I see your top three prospects there, but I just, I'm circling Corum. I, I just feel like Harbaugh would want to go get him and could be really, really good for that offense. Coming up next, the Bills came up short once again against the Chiefs, but is it a talent or identity issue that's holding them back? Will Herman Tim tell us what they think? A conversation about Buffalo that you don't want to miss next on NFL Live. We'll be back with more right here on ESPN. They're coming through. Uh. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, 
and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Kick by Bass is on the way, and it is no good. Wide to the right. Completely on me. This this one hurts bad. Losing them, losing anybody at home. Sucks. To not perform the way I'd hoped we would have, it's extremely disappointing. Well, they always come down to who's going to make or not make the last play of the game. Defensively, we didn't make enough plays. We're going to keep fighting and figuring out what we can do to get over the zone. Yet another heartbreaking playoff loss for the Bills, who have won 63 games over the last five seasons, second most in the NFL, trailing only the Chiefs, who have won three Super Bowls during that span. The Bills hadn't even reached the Super Bowl in any of these seasons. Their 63 wins are the most in a five-year span without a Super Bowl appearance in NFL history. Here's Dan Graziano with more on what lies ahead for the Bills this offseason. It was a season of uncharacteristic stress that ended with some old, familiar heartbreak. Kick by Bass is on the way. No good wide to the right. Their arch nemesis strikes again. The 2023 Buffalo Bills extended their division title streak to four years, but yet another season finished short of the Super Bowl and gave way to off-season questions about whether this group will ever be able to get over the hump. I thought the Bills blew it. Missed opportunities are missed opportunities. The Bills head into the offseason with a lot of work to do. They need to add a receiver or two to help Josh Allen. Gabe Davis is a free agent, and whether Stephon Diggs is on next year's team remains a mystery. And on defense, they have to get younger. The stalwart safety duo of Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde may have played his final game in Bill's uniform. The 2022 signing of Von Miller hasn't panned out nearly the way they'd hoped, so they continue to look for a finisher in the pass rush. We've definitely been aggressive on some pieces the last couple years. That's not going to be an option. Problem is, the Bills project to be way over the salary cap. Restructuring or extending the contracts of players like Allen, Russell, Douglas, Tredavious White, and others will help, but they also confront tough decisions about whether to cut veterans like Poyer, 
Miller, center Mitch Morse. And it's going to be very difficult for them to keep many of their own free agents, including Leonard Floyd, A.J. Epinesa, and Daquan Jones on the defensive line. GM Brandon Bean warned not to expect any big splashes in free agency, so it will be vitally important for the Bills to maximize their nine draft picks. I know there's various reasons or questions on this, there's production, all that, but I still see Steph as a number one receiver. If Diggs isn't in the 2024 plans and they get a first round or second round pick in a trade for him, they could use that pick on a receiver like LSU's Brian Thomas Jr. or Florida State's Keon Coleman. I don't get into that windows closed mindset. Your team is always changing and evolving, but this is a quarterback league, and I believe in the guy we got under center. As long as Allen is the quarterback, Buffalo will have a chance. Next year's bills are likely to look different in a lot of key areas, but the hope is that the lessons of 2023 and the disappointment over the way it ended can finally propel them back to the Super Bowl for the first time in 30 years. Jeremy Gross laid out some of the huge challenges facing Buffalo, yeah. but the Bills did get some good news as it comes to the salary cap uh, today. What do we need to know there? Yeah, Laura, they're still in trouble. But they got a little bit of good news with that salary cap <laughs> take it. for $255 million this year. They started the year about $50 million over, so mm. they're closer to that line they need to be at, but they have some really tough decisions as was outlined there. They got about nine key free agents that played significant snaps. Look at A.J. Epinesa as a young pass rusher they might try to re-sign, but they're not going to be able to re-sign everybody. I don't sense that they're going to cut Vaughn Miller, even though he had zero sacks last year and the injuries and all that. He's got $32 million in dead salary cap on his contract. I think he'd be willing to work with them. Maybe mm. they restructure his deal or something. But I would be surprised at this point if they did anything. Mm. Well, they, they need Vaughn Miller to do something he wasn't productive enough for. Him. I, look, I, I also think, though, that it's less about the personnel and more just about, like, the general philosophy of how close that you really are. And look, when you play in the AFC, you're gonna have to deal with Kansas City, and you have to deal with Baltimore. And I think that we saw a bit of a shift when Joe Brady took over as the offensive coordinator. They ran the, the football a little more effectively. And I think ultimately they need to play a little bit better defense, like they did right when Sean McDermott became the head coach. You go back to, you know, 2017, his first year as a head coach, like they only had six games where they gave up over 20 points uh, that season, look, it was a little bit different this year in terms of, you know, what they look like defensively. But I think if you're going to beat the best in that division, it's got to be less about relying on Josh Allen in terms of having 15 carries and 35 attempts in a football game and more about how can you control the game to not allow the other team to beat you because of how you've slowed it down and how you've played defense. I think doing that is more helpful than just any personnel changes they would make. Yeah, I think Tim makes some great points. You know, everybody wants to look at Buffalo and say they should run the ball more. Well, they were actually uh, in the top five in running the football, believe it or not. <laughs> they ran the ball, uh, you know, for over 400 times last year. Now, he had something to do with it, obviously, Josh Allen. Um, and they threw the ball about 570-something times. He's a, he, he'll turn the ball over at times, and people make a big deal out of that. But when you throw it for almost, uh, you know, 580 passes, you're going to turn the ball over. Mm. Their problem is simple. It's very simple. When they get into the playoffs, there's one guy you got to beat. His name is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And you had a chance to beat him. Game went right down to the wire. You miss a field goal, and you get to go home. That's what happens. And when you think about Mahomes, all those teams are saying the same thing. What do we do? Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens. 
Patrick Mahomes went through all of them. He had the ball at the end and he beat them. Buffalo Bills had the ball. That field goal right there could have beat Patrick Mahomes. They missed it. Bottom line. It, I mean, you're right, Herm. The other thing, too, I think this stat says it maybe the best. Josh Allen 3-1 and one against Patrick Mahomes in the regular season, but 0-3 in the playoffs. It's not like he hasn't been able to beat Patrick Mahomes, and this Bills team hasn't been able to do it. It's just they haven't done it when it mattered most. Draft insider Matt Miller back with us. Matt, when you look at the Bills late in the first round, what would you target for them? Yeah, I think there's a lot of areas we could look at. Offensive line, at cornerback. But I think wide receiver, because Gabe Davis, a free agent, Jeremy just laid it out perfectly. This is a team that's up against the cap. You can say kick the can down the road, but Buffalo knows they're going to make some hard decisions. Gabe Davis is probably going to leave town. I think Adonai Mitchell from Texas is a seamless fit here. Six foot four, 200 pounds. Last year was really his first year as a full-time player after transferring to Texas from Georgia. He had 11 touchdowns in an offense where they struggled at times to consistently throw the deep ball. And he is an explosive player. You watch him come out of his breaks, and he hits that second gear with speed. Josh Allen has, I think, the strongest arm in the NFL. Let's give him somebody that can stretch the field. Let's give him a 6-4 target who's just running past safeties and can open things up vertically. That's going to help James Cook going to help Dalton Kincaid, who they drafted in the first round last year. It's going to help Stephon Diggs on the underneath route. So if they can figure some things out in free agency, I think a playmaker like A.D. Mitchell would be huge for them at the end of the first round. I love that pick. Um, also, as we heard, too, nine draft picks. They got to make hay in this draft. We'll see who they end up going with throughout. That's a really good way to get your team set up for success in the next year. Let's check in with Jeremy as he empties the notebook here. At, let's start in Baltimore. Could that number one overall rushing attack get even better this offseason? It certainly could, Laura, because they're looking at a lot of the top backs. You know, they're at least doing their homework, some legwork on the Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, DeAndre Swift. They want to try to elevate their running game even more. I talked to a team source who said, could you imagine Saquon and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield making it happen. Now Gus Edwards is a free agent. They really like him. Could bring him back. A lot will depend on price though. They might not want to go to that $10 million threshold. And so you got a talent drain also in Philadelphia. This is going to be key because Jason Kelsey certainly been talking to broadcasters could potentially retire. I'm also hearing the Fletcher Cox, their potential Hall of Fame defensive tackle could be retiring as well. Nothing official yet, but certainly asking around that program, there's a sense that it certainly could happen and maybe he's even leaning that way. So they would have to get reinforcements on both sides of the ball up front. You see the franchise tag candidates, there are a lot of them. T. Higgins, Cincinnati, that's almost a sure bet that he will get the tag. Michael Pittman leaning that way with Indianapolis. They want to keep him, paying him, what, $21 million to stay around on a one-year deal. Christian Wilkins, they don't want to let him out of the building. Not a slam dunk that they use the tag, but they're creating some cap space in order to do so. Josh Allen, Brian Burns will probably get the tag. Jalen Johnson, Bears cornerback, they want to get a long-term deal done, so they're focused more on that than the franchise tag. And then Antron Winfield with the Bucks. He's probably going to get the tag most likely. That's the plan, right? Yeah, they got a couple other players, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans, that they're looking out for, too, in Tampa Bay. Uh, the franchise tag window closes on March 4th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Earlier this week, we lost a valued member of the ESPN family. Technical director Dean Ellington passed away Tuesday night. He spent 22 years at the network, making his impact felt across a wide variety of shows, from college game day to the NFL draft, Sports Center to Get Up, SEC Nation, and even right here on NFL Live. My favorite thing about Dean was his smile and the kindness that came with it. He was incredibly talented and a great leader, a true example of the best of us. We're sending out sincerest condolences and all of our love to his wife, Terry, and their two children.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the first ever professional fight league super fights card. The PFL champions square off against the Bellator champions tomorrow in Saudi Arabia. The prelims begin at noon Eastern on ESPN News and ESPN Plus in English and Spanish with the main card at 3 Eastern on pay-per-view. To order, go to ESPNPlus.com slash PFL. New on NFL Live from Adam Schefter. The Steelers have released their starting center, Mason Cole. Cole started every game for Pittsburgh over the last two seasons, and our Steelers reporter Brooke Pryor also added that this move will save Pittsburgh a little under $5 million in cap space. Cap space, a big theme this time of year, and will continue to happen across the board in the NFL. Let's go to the NFC East, okay? The Cowboys won the NFC East last season, but in order to repeat as division champs next season, they'll have to snap a historic streak. The NFC East has gone 19 consecutive seasons, as you see there, with a repeat, without a repeat champion, the longest streak in any division in NFL history. The last team to win the division in consecutive seasons was the Eagles who did it in four straight years from 2001 to 2004 all right let's see if they can pull that off let's read and react to some of the offseason questions surrounding the four NFC East teams the commanders enter this offseason with the most cap space in the NFL and the second overall pick in the draft where Washington will have a chance to select one of the top quarterbacks we've been talking about there's a lot of work to do on defense too as the commanders allowed a league worst 30 and a half points per game last season Tim assuming they go quarterback with the second overall pick where should the focus be after that I think after that Laura you have to look to the defensive side of the ball I think you know mainly dealing with pass coverage you saw notable free agents obviously Kendall Fuller headed to free agency now they did go corner early in the draft uh, a year ago but would not be surprised if they go back to that spot the other thing you do is you look pass rush and defensive back play go hand in hand I think you could address it that way as well but I think that's definitely where you go after you go quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. They got to go defense here. And let's not forget, they traded away midseason Chase Young to the 49ers, Montez Sweat to the Chicago Bears. They have to rebuild this defensive front. I think in round two, you look at someone like Chop Robinson coming out of Penn State, six foot three, probably going to be under 250 pounds, but he's going to fit that mold in the Dan Quinn defense. Somebody coming off the edge in that wide technique. He will put on a show at the Combine, guaranteed. He's one of the most explosive and athletic pass rushers in this class. So they've got two second-round picks. Getting a pass rusher like a Chop Robinson would be huge for Dan Quinn's defense. Great player, great name. 
the Giants have the sixth overall pick in the draft, which they could use to address the offensive line after allowing 85 sacks last season, the most by any team in a season since 1986. And after paying on the franchise, playing on the franchise tag last season, Saquon Barkley is set to become a free agent. So, Jeremy, huge question will be around Barkley. What do we know about his negotiations with New York ahead of free agency next month? Well, Laura, I'm told the Giants want to keep the lines of communication open here. They're expected to meet with Barkley's reps at the NFL Scouting Combine next week. But as was told to me by somebody with the team, Giants have a lot of needs, particularly yeah. on defense and some other spots. So the thought of paying maybe $12, $13 million a year for a running back is not a slam dunk. Certainly they value him, want to bring him back. But he's going to have a lot of suitors. You look at a team like Houston trying to pair C.J. Stroud with a star back, maybe even Baltimore, many others. Mm. Yeah, Jeremy, when we look at the second round, we got to go offensive line to fix the Giants. Whoever's playing quarterback has to be protected. Graham Barton from Duke is someone who can play any spot along the offensive line. Right tackle Evan Neal has not been as good as his draft positioning. There's been talk about maybe kicking him inside. I think drafting Barton with a new offensive line coach coming in can help the total front five. Andrew Thomas is a rock star left tackle. They've got to coach up Evan Neal right tackle. Graham Barton can play center or guard and give the Giants much more continuity just getting the five best offensive linemen out on the field as this offense looks to reinvent itself next year. Continuing to look at needs in the NFC East, let's go to the Eagles. They have their work cut out for them this offseason after their collapse in the second half of last season when Philly lost six of their last seven games, including that blowout loss to the Bucs in the wildcard round. The Eagles' defense allowed more than 30 points per game during that stretch, second worst in the NFL. Coach, biggest personnel need in Philly this offseason? Well, they're going to have to they're going to have to pay some money for some linebackers and some safeties. This, this defense uh, really uh, collapsed toward the end of the season. They were 31st in pass defense. There's only 32 teams, by the way, and uh, the way they played down that stretch, you, you could tell that they were going to get eliminated from the playoffs very quickly. This is a team. Think about it. Previous, they had 70 sacks. Last year, they only had 43. So they've got some problems on defense that they need to fix. Yeah, spoken like a, a true former defensive back. I'm going to make Coach happy here. I think you got to go corner. Quinion Mitchell from Toledo, who dominated at this Senior Bowl. He's going to do a great job at the Combine. He is physical at the line of scrimmage, feisty in press coverage, but he has that speed to turn and run in man coverage. The Eagles need to completely renovate that secondary. they got to tear it down to the studs, start over. Quinion Mitchell is that key foundational type shutdown corner that can really help with the reload that they're going to have to do on the back end of this defense. The Cowboys offseason follows another disappointing exit in the playoffs, and Dak Prescott entering the final year of his contract, which carries a cap hit of more than $59 million. Dallas has some key players set to hit free agency, including running back Tony Pollard and left tackle Tyron Smith. Matt, let's go right to the draft. What possible positions do you see them targeting in the first round? Yeah, Laura, offensive line is definitely an option here, but I think wide receiver, getting an explosive option opposite C.D. Lamb. Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU is not being talked about enough. We have to change the narrative on this man. 17 touchdowns last season, led the nation. A former basketball player at six foot four. You see the vertical ability, the way he tracks the ball over his shoulder is T. Higgins-like, but with better speed. So Dallas, yeah, we got to figure out the offensive line. They got to do a couple things defensively, but I want an explosive offense. And I think Brian Thomas is somebody. CeeDee Lamb's a great possession receiver of the middle. He's a wide receiver one, but Thomas's vertical speed could really open things up for Dak Prescott. I'm imagining him with CeeDee Lamb in that offense. It's pretty scary for anybody trying to defend that. Let's stay on Dallas a minute here, though. Jeremy, uh, all personnel decisions will be affected by the contract of Dak Prescott. What do we know about that at this point? 
Yeah, so I just checked in on this, Laura. I'm told Dallas and Dak Prescott's reps have not had any sort of substantial talks about his contract yet. They have not talked numbers, so anything floated out there about what he wants is really not the situation right now. they got to hash all this out. But I'm told it's in Dallas's court. The Prescott's willing and ready to talk whenever they want to. But that $59 million cap hit you mentioned, it's 23% of their overall cap. And if they were just to let him play it out and be a free agent in 2025, which yeah, I'm told he would welcome because, you know, he knows his value and right. one teams would probably want him. But they would have more dead salary cap money for 2025 on the book. So they're mm. sort of backed into a corner here. They got C.D. Lamb they got to try to negotiate mm -hmm. with, too. So people around the league are wondering how they're going to pull this off. Yeah, you mentioned it, that $59.5 million cap hit next season. That's the second largest for any player, trailing only Deshaun Watson's, for reference. We know that contract's in a whole other echelon. That's $64 million, but it just shows you how close Dak even is to that level. Fascinating to see what they do there. Coming up here on NFL Live, Matt Miller gives us his comparisons to the star wideouts in this year's draft class, including Marvin Harrison Jr., and another comparison that might surprise you. We're in cop season, okay? Don't miss it. It's next on NFL Live. I walk by the side of the kings tonight. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Marvin Harrison Jr., what a whale of a player. Caught by Marvin Harrison for a 10-yard TD grab. Third TD for Marvin. Great player like his dad. Bigger than Marvin Harrison Sr. And the same business-like, working-like approach. Rose it to the end zone. Complete for a touchdown. Marvin yeah! Harrison. Oh, Marvin was He's a gamer, he's a baller, and you will want Marvin Harrison Jr. on your football team. Woo, those highlights. He's always good. Okay, Marvin Harrison Jr. leads a stacked group of wide receivers in this year's draft, which could feature three wideouts in the top ten picks. LSU's Malik Neighbors is the second-ranked wide receiver prospect, according to Matt Miller, and Washington's Roma Dunze rounds out the top three. So, Matt, with us all show here, give us a pro comp. I know you love this for the top three wideouts in this class. Let's start with Marvin Harrison Jr. My favorite thing to do, Laura. I love these. <laughs> Marvin Harrison Jr. is a Mel Stated on the VO there. He's a pro's pro. He's so savvy. Everything he does is pro level. He's six foot four, 215 pounds. And I see AJ Green. Somebody just came into the NFL from Georgia, just ready to go right away to be a number one wide receiver. Maybe not the fastest guy in this class, but the late hands, the route running, the body control, the ability to be six four and go to the ground to scoop balls off the turf is really, really special. He's going to be an instant impact wide receiver, a lot like Justin Jefferson was, a lot like Jamar Chase was. 
speaking of LSU wide receivers, Malik Neighbors, the speed after the catch is so special. He's explosive, a lot like Stephon Diggs was, especially early in his career at six foot, 200 pounds. Again, not the biggest wide receiver in this class, but good luck tackling someone who can make moves like this and who has that second gear speed to just consistently run away from defenders. And he was doing this in the SEC for two years. So you know that's going to translate well to the NFL. He should be a top five or six draft pick. It's easy to see him in L.A. with Justin Herbert making big plays or in New York with Daniel Jones, whoever the quarterback might be there. He's a very special player. And Roma Dunze, the most prolific, at least most productive of these wide receivers coming out of Washington. He's the number one receiver because he is a bully playing wideout. He's built like Debo Samuel, but plays like Jamar Chase. The back shoulder fade ability, he wins on 50-50 balls, and he can run away from you. I was talking to a trainer today. They think he's going to run in the 4-4 range at 6'3", 215. That is special ability, and also the fact that he plays with a mean streak. He wants to run over you, turn on the Texas game in the college football playoff. Everyone knew where the football was going. Didn't matter. No one could stop Roma Dunze. So we talk about number one receivers. This class just happens to have three of them. Who would have been the number one receiver last year? Each of these guys are that talented. Yeah, I love it. Well said, Matt. You also think, too, about the depth in this class. Beyond those three guys, there's so much talent. Tim, when you look at the top of this wide receiver class, though, how do you assess the group? Yeah, well, it's interesting. Matt kind of pointed it out. You know, typically – there is a, an outlying characteristic if it's going to be a young receiver that comes in and has success. Let's just even like look at last year. You know, Zay Flowers, what was the outlying characteristic? It was kind of that short area quickness that he had. I think when you look at these guys, like Odunze, who we're looking at here, uh, you know, Matt just talked about him. I think it's the physical nature of the way he plays, you know, the, the quickness that you, you've seen from, from neighbors. I, I think that there are, there are certain outlying characteristics. People have talked about the route running of Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and so I think that if you're going to have success as a young receiver coming into the league, there's a lot to learn. Defensive back play is significantly better at the next level. But what do you have that separates you just a little bit? And I think that you can make the argument that the three guys at the top here mm. certainly have some of those traits. No, you're right, Tim. And while you're learning, you need something to hang your hat on. And for Zay Flowers, it was burst. Rasheed Rice in Kansas City, even. It was the route running, the trust that he developed with Patrick Mahomes. I think each of these guys have that trait, which is why they're ranked so highly. Three wide receivers ranked in my top six players overall. I can promise you that has never happened before, <laughs> despite some really good wide receiver classes over the past the 13, 14 years. So this is a special group, and I cannot wait to see the shows that they put on at the Combine next week. Yeah, you're going to want to know their names because we're going to be talking about them like literally as next season begins in the NFL. Jeremy, those three guys will likely be off the board in the first yeah. 10 picks, as we're saying. But when we look toward the back half of the first round, is there a playoff team that you're hearing could be in the market for a pass catcher, be it in the draft or maybe even free agency? Yeah, Laurel, the Chiefs are in the process of trying to revamp their wide receiver room. How can they strengthen it? So they love to hit on those receivers in the second round like they did with Rasheed Rice. They will continue to build on what he does, but they're also looking at free agents right now who fits Marquez Valdez Scanling the veteran they can save 12 million dollars in the salary cap if they release him so no firm determination on that yet but they could certainly make that move and so the Chiefs I believe will add somebody it depends on how much they're willing to spend and whether they're willing to wait until the draft mm -hmm. also watch for the Colts you know they're all in huh. on trying to help Anthony Richardson they know they need to lift that passing game he likes to go vertical so maybe they'll add another option opposite Michael Pittman who they could franchise tag. <laughs> Jeremy, I'm so glad you said the Chiefs. As we were about to fly to the Senior Bowl, 
The Chiefs were in Vegas for the Super Bowl. I got a text from a Chiefs source who said, have fun in Mobile and find me a wide receiver. So you are absolutely <laughs> right. They are all in on the, the wide receivers. I'll show you guys the text after we're off air. Uh, Xavier Worthy from Texas would give them that speed element that they're lacking right now. Keon Coleman from Florida State, 6'4", 215, former basketball player, would give them the size. Rasheed Rice was good last year. He ran a 4-5-1. They need to get some of that speed to stretch the field a little bit better. Yeah, and those guys should be there in the back half of that first round, to your point. Time for one more thing before we go. We're going to take you on the ice here for an epic call by the ref. You're not going to like it, but the call on the ice was correct. No goal. So that got us thinking about an all-time NFL call from way back in 1986. Take a listen. After he tackled the quarterback, he's giving them business down there. That's a 15-yard penalty. Still <laughs> giving them the business. We love that, Tim. I think we need to bring it back. These guys need to kind of put a little personality into the calls. <laughs> I agree. I, I'm not sure fans would really enjoy it, but either way, they could say, as, as these guys said, you're not going to like it, okay? But here's what happened. Okay, remember, the Combine is coming your way next week. We're going to have a whole lot of coverage from there. Actually, Mina Kimes and I will be there with Lewis Riddick and Adam Schefter and Field Yates, so look forward to that, as well as a lot more draft coverage here on NFL Live. We will see you Monday. Hope you enjoy your weekend and thanks for spending this week once again with us here on NFL Live.